Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. We're excited to jump into this episode because we are moving to the last aspect of the basic series we have been on for several weeks. And when I got to thinking about it, and when you and I were talking before we came on, we've actually been doing this series since the first of the year or since we came back from our break, yeah, and uh, went into our next uh, season. And and I'm just going to kind of do a brief overview so people get the full picture of where we've been going, especially if you kind of came into the last part of this or it's been a while and you don't remember exactly everything that we've been doing. Uh, but what we've been doing is a, a basics series, so the basics of the Christian life. And three of those things uh, that we've been covered, or I should say two of the things we've already covered, um, be a prayerful Christian. So we talked about that for several weeks. And then we just wrapped up last week, be a thoughtful Christian, which has to deal with or has the idea of dealing with Scripture and what we think about Scripture and what is truth and where does that come from. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. I'm not going to cover that again because we did almost eight weeks of that. We did a lot of that. <laughs> um, but now we want to transition into being a hopeful Christian, this idea of eternally minded. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into that. But I think people need to, to understand is, is the reason we call these the basics is because these three things, I feel like, sum up the Christian life, or we feel like sum up the Christian life. That's why we've talked about them and why we've decided to spend pretty much, probably when we're done, close to half a year working through this material. Right. Um, and developing this. And so if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to the other two aspects we talk about, be a prayerful Christian, a thoughtful Christian, which has to do with Scripture, we encourage you to do that. Because I think everything that we talked about is leading up to this point of what it means to be a hopeful Christian. Now today, and I'm going to do something here. I forgot to write down the title. I have literally everything written down right here, and I don't have the title. What is the title of this as we talk about hope? Did, did we give it a title? <laughs> I don't know. Did we give it a title? We talked about the necessity of hope. Necessity of we hope. We can't live without hope. Got it. Necessity of hope. So there it is, folks. We're talking about the necessity of hope. Yeah. He doesn't um, know what we're talking about, but I know what we're talking well, about. Well, hey, I knew we were talking about hope, and I knew it was kind of just an overview of hope, but I needed a title, and all of a sudden realized I didn't write it down. <laughs> so anyway, um, so three things that are going to guide us today are the meaning of hope, and we're going to be talking or speaking from the past passage of 1 Thessalonians 5, 7 through 10. So we have the meaning of hope, the message of hope, and the ministry of hope. Again, this is just an overview, which is what we like to do when we jump into what I would call this is a sub-series of a series, um, and really kind of give an overview of where we're going and what we want to accomplish. So with that said, as we think about being a hopeful Christian and the necessity of being hopeful, what is the meaning of hope? Well, we need to look at hope the whole word and concept of hope from a New Testament perspective. When we think of hope in the English vernacular, we think of hope so. We think of possibility. It is a little bit of doubt, though. Yeah. Might not happen. Maybe not. Right. Maybe. But we can always have hope, right? Yeah. And and I've heard people say there's always hope. And and Christians say that, and and they mean that in in an earthly way. It it is, as, as a human being, you ought to have hope. You ought to be hopeful. And yet, really, the only people who have a a real basis for hope are Christians. And there are two words, I think, that sum up the word hope 
in the New Testament. It's the word, it's the Greek word, elpis. If you uh, transliterate it, it would be E-L-P-I-S. And the, the first word is certainty. Hope is a sure expectation. I just did a little, in the back of my Bible, went through the concordance and just looked up the word sure. It's interesting because sure is a good uh, parallel term to think of in terms of hope. But hope is a sure expectation. Not a hope so, not a mm, maybe, not a possibility, but a certainty. I think it's, it's, it's interesting. We just finished up this whole idea of Scripture. Um, and we're talking about a biblical understanding of hope compared to what we think of as hope in modern-day vernacular. And I think this draws the point of why Scripture and studying Scripture and the centrality of Scripture is important because of this right here. Understanding we cannot impose our modern-day view of hope onto what a biblical idea of hope is, and that is it's a certain hope. Right. We need to learn as Christians, and I don't just mean preachers, because I, I doubt that we have all that many preachers listen. Most people who listen to us are probably just regular Joes, right? Right. Not that pastors aren't regular Joes. Or there's anything wrong with being a regular Joe. Right. I mean, that's good, because we need <laughs> right. regular people right. who take these things seriously. And I think most people don't don't define things biblically. They just don't take the time right. and effort. To know it. Yeah, so. It takes work. There we are on the front end. It doesn't just mean hope so, in the sense we use it. It means a sure expectation. There's certainty, and then there is security. If there is an anchor for our soul, if there is a sure, a certain expectation, something that we know is so, we hope in that, and we have security in that. Security is not a feeling. Hmm. It's a fact. People think security is a feeling. How often do we as Christians wake up in the morning with certain insecurities, go out throughout the day with certain insecurities as husbands, as fathers, as wives, as mothers, as singles? insecurities insecurities that are based upon our feelings right I, I that's why we have the word of god i remember as a father and a, a husband and as a pastor coming back from visiting the hospital i was driving down i-55 approaching the exit to get off to go out in the country to where we lived where i was a pastor and i remember the thought coming to me what if something happened to pam and the boys what if the house burned down? What if they were in it? Well, most if, of us have probably done something. Yeah, like how, that, how many yeah. of us have not had those kind of thoughts? Right. And then I said, Lord, I, I, I thank you that my family belongs to you. Whatever mm. you do with us, with them, is good. I can trust you to do the right thing, whatever it is. And we, ha our hope is based upon the sure promises of God, of Scripture, that God has said certain things, and these things are so. It's not a matter of feeling. Well, and, and you and I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up, but I think it kind of lends itself to what we're talking about. Um, there's a philosopher. He's a professor. His name is Jordan Peterson. You may be familiar with him. Our listeners may be familiar with him. He is not what we would call a believer mm -hmm. in the Christian stance, although he would define that and talk about that if you listen to him talk mm -hmm. very much. Um, but he talks about this idea of how we view the world and we view ourselves. And this idea that we are um, somehow we have this idea that man is inherently good. And he said he came to the realization, and he said in the 1980s, of course this is modern day when he's speaking, mm -hmm. 
He goes, I realized that I was capable of great evil, and it was not till I realized that that I realized how to then pursue goodness mm-hmm. and to know happiness. And the guy that was interviewing was Dennis Prager, which many may be interested or familiar with him as well. And he made the point in, an, in, a, in another uh, podcast, whatever he was doing, that we shouldn't have expectations. Expectations means it sets us up for failure. Yeah. Because not every salesman is going to be the and number one salesman. Yeah, that's right. And so their, their whole point is this idea of happiness and hope and surety from non-believers, yeah. which is so crazy. Yeah. Is that of that if God has given it to us and we wake up, we should be most grateful, whatever exactly. that is. Most of us think that most people are pretty good. It's just the few bad apples out there that, right. that really mess up. No, we're all bad. There's just a few people that happen by the grace of God to show good quality. This is why we have to have a biblical understanding of hope. Not happen to, but you know what I mean. Because our expectation comes from God, Scripture says. Exactly. It's a sure expectation. Yeah, it's a sure expectation. But if you're hoping for something that may or may not happen, you're going to be greatly disappointed. Yeah, and you're going to live a life of uncertainty. Yeah, and you're going to be unhappy. I think, and I go, I've quoted this first uh, verse of this hymn several times, my hope is built on nothing less. Well, we re- I think we did it last week. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly, completely lean on Jesus' name. And that we find that in Scripture, and we yeah. find this is our hope, a sure expectation. Okay, so we've got the meaning of hope and understanding a biblical understanding of hope. It's not what the world thinks of, like a hope so, but it's, it's this fact, this is true, this will happen. It, it is, is sure. God. It is sure. It is who God said he will be. What about the message of hope, though? Well, the gospel is a message of hope. Which but, we talk a lot about here on Crosstalk, right, and the gospel should, for today and beyond. Yeah, and we should say that in light of what we just said. The gospel is not a message of hope so. It's a message of hope, of sure mm. expectation. And the gospel, as it is applied to us, is both a present and a promised reality. It's a present reality. We see in Romans 8, and, and when you look at a passage, we haven't referred to the passage we said we are going to look at. But um, Yeah, that might be a good idea, uh, since we're talking about the Bible, right? Paul, yeah, Paul says to the Thessalonian Christians, for those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who are drunk, get drunk at night. <clears throat> but let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. The, the gospel is a message of hope, of sure expectation. And it's a present, it's a present reality. Uh, now, look at Romans 8. He speaks of that there in the Thessalonian passage, but in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So we have a present hope. We have the message of hope to our hearts is that God is performing his good work in us, that he is bringing to pass his will for us. He is more and more bringing to pass his good salvation that has delivered us from wrath and that will deliver us ultimately completely from our sins. I mean, this is a hopeful message that we have presently. So it's a present reality, but it's also a promised reality. In that same chapter, Romans 8, Paul says, uh, for we are saved by hope. So so the sure expectation that looks to Christ saves us. And then he says, but hope that is seen is not hope. Well, what a man sees, uh, how does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we do not see, then we, do we with patience wait for it? We're hoping for something we haven't seen completely yet. Mm-hmm. We've heard about it. 
we believed the verbal message we of Scripture, the message we spent so much time on yeah. the last several weeks. We believed that message. And that belief, that faith, that saving faith has changed our lives and now given us a hope of an inheritance that will not fade away. You know, I think I mentioned this to you before we came on, and we talk a lot about different things, so maybe I did, I, maybe I didn't. But this concept of the gospel, I, I think practically speaking, Christians are health, wealth, gospel people, practically speaking. They believe in the sovereignty of God theologically, you know what I'm saying, in their mind. We know mind. God's in control, yeah. But practically speaking, we, we want to think that God's going to give us the good things that we want. And yeah. I don't mean the good things that God wants, but the good things that we want. Right. Good stuff's coming. Good stuff. As, as Ron the says, social media there's just life. good stuff coming. More good stuff. This idea of this life that's so wonderful and, and it's great and, and, and we're just having a great time and everything's so wonderful, quaint, and good. Yeah. But that's not really what we're talking about nope. here. In fact, Ron Dunn in that same message that where he says that, you know, we're thinking about good, we're waiting for the good stuff to right. come. He says, while life's what happens while we're waiting for the good stuff to come. <laughs> life's what happens while, while we're waiting for life to happen. Yeah, no, it's you true. Know. It's true. It happened. Yeah. Uh, and before you know it, blink, it's gone. And we've been waiting for something that's not ever going to happen instead of putting our hope in what is going to happen. Yeah. So this is the present and the promised reality, which leads us to the ministry of of hope. And I hope people see our progression here. Laying a foundation, what does it mean? Biblical understanding. There is a message. We preach, we proclaim, we live this. But what is the ministry of this hope? How do we, every day, how do we minister this? Well, Paul goes on to say, uh, God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, live or die, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other with these, and edify one another with these words, just as you also are doing. Uh, hope's not just something that thrills our souls. It's something that promotes and drives our involvement with the church of Jesus Christ, and even with the lost, with the people with whom we work. It, it propels us. It doesn't just give us a good feeling. It, this hope, this sure expectation, this security, this message is for us. It ministers to us so that we minister to others. We see this in the ministry of the Scriptures. Oh, that's interesting. We just finished that. Right. but And, and so we won't spend much time there, but I think if you – if you have listened to what we've said, if you go back and listen to the, to the th- podcast on Scripture and be a thoughtful Christian, how, what you know? What do we think about? Where's our mind? What are you filling our mind with? And so it ministers to us so that we may minister to others. It comforts us so we can comfort others. And I think we've talked about this before when we've talked about the church or even in our personal lives and the importance of the Scriptures, not just theologically, which we talked a lot about in that last series, but just – the preaching of God's Word every Sunday, the public reading of God's Word every Sunday before His people. Then you have Sunday school and the teaching of God's Word to His people. And then you have your personal life and your personal devotional life. You're in the Word, praying the Word, seeking the Word. This is the ministry of the Scriptures and, sometimes, and that hope. Exactly. And sometimes that ministry, that message comes from unexpected sources. I'll give you an example. It happened just recently. We were we were um, at Ferntera, um Assisted living facility in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I, I go there. Pam and I go there every other week, and we were there, and I 
opened a series on Joshua, and I preached the first nine verses of Joshua, and how the transition happened from Moses to Joshua, and how Joshua was called to obey the Lord, and, and to meditate on his word, and to have it fill his thoughts and his mind, all that. I, mean, I went through all that, and, I, and the Lord helped me to preach in a way that was applicable to these 85, 90, and so year old people. This dear sweet lady was sitting out there smiling the whole time, and she came up to me afterwards, and she said, that sermon, she said, Oh, that was just what we need," <laughs> she said. The, "The word of God is in you, and you gave it to us, and it's and then she just talked for a half hour right. to Pam and me, and and I told her I said, well, the Lord seems to always have someone who encourages us in this because I think anybody, if there's any preachers out there, if they're preaching to a, they got a pastorate, but if you were just going to a a place where old people." Excuse me, or all the yeah. time. You don't feel like you're really doing anything, no. right? That's not important. It's but it important. never ends. It's important. Well, I think that's a, the point of that is is that seeking the ministry of the scriptures, the hope of the gospel never ends. Right. They need that hope. And but she came to me, and through her, the Lord showed me, hey, this is ministry. This is as real mm-hmm. as the pastor getting up on Sunday morning or the guy who speaks to thousands or whatever, or hundreds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you never know where that, that source of, uh, of ministry is going to come from and how God might use you in a way that you, you may not expect. So it's the ministry of the Scriptures. Um, you know, what, is, what does Peter say? We have a more sure – there's a word sure, word mm-hmm. of prophecy. What could bring more hope than a sure word? Right. We have the sure word. Do we believe Not our it? experiences, which we talked right. about Not our in feelings. that passage. Because yeah. they saw Jesus, they heard the voice from heaven, but we have a more sure word. We've got something better than that. Yeah. That was a great experience. Right. Believe me, that was a great experience. But that's not it. This is it. Mm. This more sure word. And, and so it's a ministry of the scriptures and a ministry of the spirit. We have hope as an anchor of the soul. The spirit applies the word to our lives. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. And sons, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs of Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we shall also be raised with him. If in this life only we have hope in Jesus Christ, we are of all men and women most to be pitied, most miserable. But we don't just have hope in this life. Our hope is built on Christ himself and on his promises. This is the ministry of hope. This is the ministry of the scriptures and the ministry of the spirit. The spirit ministers to our souls. I'm going to ask this question. It may seem a bit easy to answer, but I think it helps kind of draw everything together. And this idea that you cannot live this Christian life without understanding the biblical concept of hope. Would you say that's true? I think that's true. You sure can't live it. Maybe it's right. You just can't live it. How can you? Yeah. Because I, I, I've known people over the years who they look for something that does not exist and they don't understand this idea of hope. Right. I mean, all of us don't want hard times. All of us don't want to suffer. Good stuff. We want the good stuff. We've talked about suffering. <laughs> yeah, right. We want the good stuff. We talked about suffering in other right. podcasts, so I'm not going to go there. But needless to say, I don't want to wake up tomorrow and everything be gone. Right. But if it was, would my hope be shaken? Right. That's the question. Would my experience, if it is, it's not genuine biblical hope, right? Would my experience and my emotions allow my hope to be shattered? And then the question comes to this: Maybe you didn't have a biblical understanding of hope anyway. Yeah. Now I think it's going to be difficult. <laughs> it it's is going to be difficult tough. for Job. We cannot dis. But in the midst of the difficulty, what do he say? Count that. I yeah. know that my redeemer lives. 
and I shall see him. You know? And you you would, with God's help, say that. I would, with God's help, say that. I, I'm dying from the, from the hurt, mm. but my hurt is not without hope. Well, I just think of COVID and everything that we've oh, gone yeah. through. Yeah. No matter where you land on that, it's been difficult from the standpoint of having to just deal with it. Yeah. And the uncertainty of everything that it came has brought with that. Them. Yeah, uncertainty it sure has. Yeah. And again, I think we have to ask ourselves the question: Is that something that's going to shake your hope? Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die. I'll I'll go back to Dennis Prager again. He's a Jewish, devout Jewish, Orthodox Jewish person, and he made this point about COVID. He's like, I'm going to die. Well, I said that to my wife just a day or two ago. We he were, goes, now, I don't want to die, but I'm going to die. But I'm so he die. goes, hey. that does not make me unhappy. No. Yeah. He goes, and he believes in God in the bigger sense of the, you know, the uh-huh. Jewish God that uh-huh. they, they have. But it's, so, it's such a great point. I'm going to die, but I'm going to see Christ. Yeah. Do my I, hope should not be, be faltering because of that. Is this my is my soul anchored in this? Yeah, and uh, I said that to Pam. I said, you know, all people's got all this stuff, and they're going to be healthy, and they're multi level marketing this stuff. And then you're going to have a happy, healthy life, and we can make it together. We can build this great life. You know, maybe. What? you're going to die. Yeah, but maybe you will. Maybe you won't. <laughs> maybe you will. Maybe even you won't. with what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm for healthy. Yeah, but, hey. oh, and I'm for, but our and, hope. and I'm per, for pursuing healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, that's not where my hope is. Yeah, well, this has been great because it's it's an overview of hope, and we're going to dive into it more and kind of nuance it and, and and apply it to our lives over the next few weeks. Um, so we thank you for joining us. And hey, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, I'd encourage you to do that because it's led us to this point. Listen and catch up. Yeah, go all the way back to February, catch up, <laughs> and you'll be ready to roll. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll we'll talk with you next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Mm -hmm.